this week on Pep Talk. My name's Omar from Music Workflow Academy. We're a global music production school with 35,000 students in 150 countries. How did this happen? How did you manage to scale it? The music industry could batter people into a negative feeling, but you have battled through. How did you get that mindset, and why is mindset so important? I grew up with my dad, who is a resilient man, to say the least. He fleed a country called Lebanon because of constantly getting bombed over the past, I don't know, 100 years. I definitely recommend whatever you want to grow, start growing it now, and in 10 years' time, you'll have that mastered. Our mission is to help 10 million people start and grow a business for free. We want nothing from you. In Pep Talk, we interview industry-leading experts from around the world who share actionable know-how and life lessons. That's why we're excited to partner with GoDaddy to power up Pep Talk. I've been using GoDaddy for years and would promote them on this podcast even if they didn't sponsor us. You can use their free website builder and start your online business at no cost and even get help these days with naming your business. For 40% off GoDaddy tools, click the link in the podcast notes below and use the code GDXPEPTALK. Omar, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, we're going to talk about mindset. We're going to try and teach people what you know about mindset and how important it is. And before we do that, would you mind taking a moment just to explain to the audience a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, hi Simon, thanks for having me. So my name's Omar from Music Workflow Academy. Um, we're a global music production school. Uh, we teach DJing as well. Uh, 35,000 students in 150 countries. We're making education accessible anywhere in the world, uh, high quality education. Um, some of our success stories include uh, a 15 year old from Florida who we got DJ sets. Uh, he's now making $700 a week playing at weddings. Um, a friend in California who bought one of our courses and was so motivated that he decided to take one-to-one -one lessons with us. Now he's running his own events in San Francisco. Um, we had a 10-year-old that we were teaching how to DJ, which was really exciting. And um, I got a 13-year-old, a DJ set in Greece. So some of the success stories that we've had, uh, obviously, out of 35,000 people. Um I'm a DJ myself. I'll play in Ibiza, Dubai, France, UK. Um, that's what I was doing before COVID. And then obviously, you know, Brexit happened where musicians no longer have the right to stay in EU countries for longer than three months uh, a, a year. So my six-month contracts, uh, I can't really take part in that anymore. So hopefully that'll get sorted out. Obviously, Lord Frost has resigned. I've been, I've been invited to speak in the Houses of Parliament in March, so I'll be talking then. I don't think I'll mention Brexit, but, you know, it's a bit, might be a bit controversial, but I'll be there, so we'll see. We'll see if I see Boris. That's uh, quite, quite a crazy situation, though. I guess um, something good comes from something bad, which is interesting, though, isn't it? So that, that happens, but that, that leads you then to create Music Workflow Academy? Yeah, I much prefer DJing, but I do like helping other people and I'm apparently a very effective teacher. So, you know, it's a win-win for the people who I can help. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to help others. So I think I think that's one of our purposes as, as human beings is to help people who aren't necessarily in as good of a position as us. And, you know, I didn't think my skills would be so helpful to others, but people are finding it helpful. So that's nice that I can help out people. 
Well, it's interesting that um, you, uh, you you recognise that in yourself that you know you like to do DJing, but um, but but you also appreciate the purpose. The purpose of life is is to help other people, and a big part of it anyway. So, how did you become so awake like that? How did you how did you realise that? Is that something you've always felt this 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 sense of purpose, or is it something that just suddenly happened? Well, I feel like. You know, after I got my degree from from Brighton Uni, you know, I was, I was DJing there every week, uh, making a name for myself, and I skipped my graduation to go play in Ibiza. Um, after a lot of soul searching and travelling and pondering on what what is life, why are we here, which is a bit deep. <laughs> Sorry about that, but you know, why are we actually here? I, and I think the purpose of life is to help others. Um, who aren't necessarily in a position as, as good as ourselves because it, it's a meaningful purpose and you can create a ripple effect where that you know you can inspire others and they'll help other people and, and it's just a it's an it's the easiest way to make the world a better place which is something I've been trying to achieve for a while it's a big task so I thought I'd break it down into smaller chunks and um, yeah it sounds so obvious doesn't it the whole concept of you know helping other people but it is surprising to me how many people don't do it don't realize it and not to judge but i think maybe part of your mission sounds to me as well is to let people know that and and make people aware and and actually listen to your stats you know in 130 countries how how did this happen how did you manage to scale it and and am am i right thinking it's only been since i guess brexit that this has started to be built it's actually started uh, at the start of um, COVID, so we've been we've been open for two years. Um, the the music school was at ten thousand students September last year, and I spoke to a life coach. She said, "Where do you want your school to be uh, September twenty twenty two?" So I said, "I want twenty thousand students." So that's been double the size of the academy. Uh, there's a lot of numbers, so I hope, hopefully everyone will follow. But you know, a week later I hit twenty thousand, so we doubled a week later, and then we're in February now. But we've been at thirty-five k at the end of December, pretty much. Um, and we're going for a hundred thousand by the end of the year. Um, I, I, I try and make things accessible, um, you know, and the content I make is good. Seeing as I'm a top one percent DJ, not not everyone gets to play in Ibiza. Uh, France and and you know I was, I'm playing six nights a week, 10 p.m. till five in the morning. Uh, in France, I played 31 nights in a row, um, and obviously I headline festivals, 12,500 people plus. Um, so I've had a wealth of DJ experience. I'm quite good. Um, obviously, offered a lot of big contracts at the moment that I can't take because of Brexit and COVID. Um, so they're just on the table, but they can't even fill the vacancies because uh, you know. Uh, no one has an EU passport or, or, or the right to work there. No, no British people. So technically, we're the immigrants now. Um, so that's well done, everyone who voted Brexit. I guess. Yeah, I think we, we're mentioning every subject that uh, will probably get us blocked on some channel. But um, but yeah, I, I I I think it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, first of all, I I'm still trying to get my head around how you managed to get such a huge amount of students in such a short period of time. Was there any particular marketing method that you used or was it you tapped into your existing community that, that love what you already do? How did you build that so quickly? Yeah, so uh, I, I'm self-taught. So I, I taught myself DJing and music production uh, about 10 years ago and there was no one online that I could see that was at an Ibiza level. And I was like, I want to, that's the Holy Grail playing Ibiza. So 
I thought, you know, when I get there, I'm going to help other people. And uh, I'd ask my friends, you know, how do you make music? And then they'd say, oh, I'll help you. I'll help you make a track. Uh, I asked maybe 30, 40, 50 friends. No one ever actually got in the studio or invited me to the studio to help me. So I was like, right, I'm going to have to figure out how to do this by myself. Um, you know, watching an Ableton tutorial on YouTube, they're all awful. And I could watch about one or two minutes of a YouTube tutorial before bashing my head into the wall. And I was like, this is, you know, it's just, it's not an easy way to learn because it's not in chronological format. You've got to dig through, uh, you know, you, you only really want the best information in, in this in this industry to, you know, you don't want to be listening to someone in their mum's basement, you know, who's never finished a track or, you know, now I've got BBC Radio One plays and done mixes for them and, you know, got my own record label, people signed around the world and, you know, I had to teach myself because there's no one at that level. Uh, there's a lot of gatekeeping, so people don't necessarily want to help each other, uh, which is just the wrong attitude. You know, I think with with me helping the grassroots of the community, I'm, 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 I'm allowing uh, new talent to emerge which will help grow the industry. And I think that's the best thing you can do as well is grow, help your industry grow. So, for example, if you're doing podcasting, bring people who haven't necessarily thought about launching a podcast, bring them to do it, and then you're making you know, a bigger market for podcasters. And it, it will only benefit you because the more people that are into it, you know, the, the more people are going to tune into your podcast. And it's just about what you give, you know, how much you're willing to give. I, I, I tell people exactly step by step how I started in my bedroom, how I got to play festival stages, how I play the co closing parties at Ibiza Rocks and play in Ibiza and, you know, how I get my bookings in France. I give people email templates, you know, you name it. Um, so how did I, how did I scale it? Uh, you know, obviously I, I figured out how to make viral content um, very quickly. I with a, obviously got a marketing degree, a uh, business degree as well. Uh, so I thought I'd tie my passion with my, with my, uh, with my degree, my education. So obviously a music business. I, I tried to run a few businesses before this, you know, a marketing business and some other businesses. It, it just didn't work out because the passion wasn't there. But once the passion was there with the music, I, the obstacles that I was falling, you know, the hurdles I was falling at before, it allowed me to push through those hurdles like it was nothing. And then I, I, I'll happily work, you know, 14 hours a day, seven days a week on my business. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I've been doing that for the past two years pretty much uh obviously took a break over christmas but yeah the the scalability of it um you know i was taking on one-to-one -one students i quickly had students all around the world uh uk uh, germany france australia uh netherlands you know all, all, you name it uh, so i was teaching all around the world from my room uh, using zoom or a video conferencing you know app um helping people, um, had a high customer retention, you know, my first students two years ago, I'm, they're still with me today. Um, so I'd help people, they'd love it, you know, I charge fair prices, so people would often tip me or recommend me to their friends. So I kind of over-delivered uh, very, very he heavily on, on value to help other people. So it got to a point where I was fully booked, uh, you know, and I said, you know, at this point I was partnered with Google um, and some other big people. And they said, you know, you need to start charging £600 an hour for your services. That's what they said to me. So I was like, that seems quite steep. <laughs> like, you know, I don't I don't charge 600 right now. For a DJ set, you know, you're looking at anywhere from 1000 to 1500 an hour. But that's a DJ set for me. Um, 
you know, uh, so I said, look, I want to make my learning accessible. So they said, have you tried this? Um, so essentially, uh, you know, the scalability of it, I, I, had, I had to think, how can I duplicate myself? So um, I started recording my sessions and um, recording myself uh, talking about, you know, beginner topics. And I started to make products with the, with the videos. So I'd start by selling the videos and then kind of turn them into fully fledged chronological step-by-step -step, how to make a track, how to send it to BBC courses. And then they'd go online. People would go crazy for that. Um, once I saw the reception from the first one I made, I was like, this is helping a lot of people. You know, I looked at the demographics, people in Africa are buying it, people in India are buying it. You know, they need high quality education and it's not necessarily accessible for them. So I partnered with some platforms that had some similar, you know, ethical values and, you know, MVVs, you know, mission, vision values, stuff like that, similar goals. And um, I was like, you know what, this is having a big impact um, around the world. So I'm just going to keep doing this. Um, so I started to develop, obviously I'm in tune to my, my customers needs. So whatever they want, I'll make for them um, stuff that I wanted, you know, I'm helping my 14 year old self. I'm thinking, what would Omar want when he was a kid? You know, uh, no one helped him. He had a really hard life. He just wanted to DJ. He just wanted to learn how to make music because he enjoyed sharing it with others and he wanted to heal others with his music and, and help people. So how can I, how can I help him? You know, let's make him a DJ course. Let's make him a music course. Let's explain step by step how to do things in a way that you don't need any musical background. You can just pick it up, learn it. People need to, don't you don't need to overcomplicate it. You don't need to go to uni, spend forty grand to write essays on how compressors work. I explain how a compressor works in, in a way that's practical that allows you to get on the radio. You know, and then you get money for that as opposed to just writing a 10,000 word essay on a compressor or a thousand word essay on a compressor, which isn't going to help you at all in the music industry. So there's so many, there's so many great points in, in what you've just, just gone through there. And I, I don't want anyone to miss some of these things. I mean, for example, the collaboration point is so true and so critical. I never understand in industries where they, they create barriers and, and one plus one equals 11. It's so powerful. And then, and then you've talked about, you know, the question you ask yourself is like how to scale yourself, which people don't ask themselves enough, you know, and, and then you going and creating that content and, and, and figuring out a way to bring value, not just keep increasing your hourly rate, which I think a lot of businesses get caught up in and then they end up being, you know, told they're expensive and it gets hard to scale. You've gone the other way and said that is too expensive for my customers and you found a way to scale yourself and then listening to your customers you know, again, people don't do it enough, but that's what you're doing. You're saying this, I've gone to that 14 year old me and I've listened to what I needed and you've anchored it back in something with purpose as well. I mean, it's literally like, I think what you've just gone through there, the holy grail in like how to build a business. I just want to take a moment to thank Taylor Brands for sponsoring this podcast. Have you ever been told you can easily start a business that will make money while you sleep only to realize it takes a ton of work to get a business started? Taylor Brands makes starting a business easy. With its AI-powered platform, you can get your business a logo, social media designs, printed merchandise, and so much more, all in just a few clicks. That's why I love Taylor Brands. Whatever your idea is, you can make it look legit in a day and actually start selling through the Taylor Brands platform. For 40% off your first order, check out the links in the podcast notes below and use the code PEP. Now, let's get back to the podcast. Where, where do you see the future in, in, say, the music industry? I want to get to mindset in a minute, but we are actually covering it indirectly here. But where do you see the industry going? You've clearly got 
an education business now built up there. So that's, of course, always key. But what do you think with the metaverse and, and, and all of that stuff going on? Do you, where do you see it evolving? Yeah, <laughs> the music industry is in an awful place, you know, uh, with the COVID and um, it's crushed the creative industry completely. Um, we've seen clubs go out of business. We've seen events industries, you know, full full blown events just go out of business and disappear overnight. People couldn't keep up with the costs of, of running a club or, you know, with, with, with no customers and they didn't have the right insurance. So we've seen that the industry has been massively crippled, you know, billions and billions of dollars have been lost. Um, the, the, the clubs with the club insurance, you know, they've survived, which is good. That, that, that's a little lesson in itself, you know, got to cover your own back in case of a, a pandemic and uh, coming out of nowhere. Um, you know, I've got a massive network of DJs and promoters that I work with uh, and, and, and club owners. Um, I think that the music industry is in an awful place. Um, you've got you've got Spotify that's um, paying out artists 0.00001p per stream. So it's making it impossible for artists to make a living. Um, they really need to look at their corporate social responsibility. And if they paid one pound a stream, which they could afford, you know, or 50p a stream, which they could afford with their billions that they tried to buy Arsenal Football Club, you know, if they pay their artists fairly, every artist would be able to make a sustainable career uh, just through making music, which I think should be a possibility. But right now it's it's not. And the, the artists, you know, it cascades from the top down. You've got people like Taylor Swift complaining about how many royalties she's getting paid. You've got rappers complaining 6 9 You've got, you know, artists getting taken off the platform. It's a totally monopolised market at the moment. So obviously... You know, it's 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 not good enough for music producers, unfortunately, especially the smaller artists who want to invest money into a music video, want to invest money into album artwork, want to invest money into mastering and lessons, and then to put their music on a platform and not necessarily get paid uh, what they deserve for their music is is a whole whole really big issue. That's if that was solved, the music industry would be a lot healthier because as musicians, we'd reinvest in going out to nightclubs, we'd reinvest in buying each other's music. But, you know, when you when you realise that there's actually not that much money going towards the artists, you know, you need to start looking at solutions. So something is, is a website called Bandcamp where you can put your music on and they do Bandcamp Fridays, you get 100% of the royalties. But at the same time, you know, Spotify is such a globally known platform. We should be paying, paying artists more for their money. You know, you've got Tidal as a competitor. It's it's better, but it's not it's not much better. But um, you know, uh, the the music industry as a whole is it really needs looking at. You know, the people at the top. Um, it's it's a very toxic industry, unfortunately. And uh, I'm trying to create my own music industry, which I think I'm doing. I've got an ecosystem of producers and and DJs that I'm bringing up and teaching them the best. Uh, methods of practice how to get sync licensing deals you know opportunities that not every producer knows about to make a lot more money you know i've had friends who have written a song been contacted by mercedes and it's gone in an advert and they've got over 10 grand just for just for using the song that's a really good opportunity for a musician but not everyone knows what a sync licensing deal is not everyone knows how to get their stuff played on radio one and that if you get a play on radio one it's a hundred pound a play which is much better than spotify you know it's like ten thousand hundred thousand spotify streams and then not only how to get that money from radio one through a platform called prs which is a publishing rights system so you sign up for that and then you get all your your 
radio royalties. So these are these are things that people don't actually know about. You know, these these producers that that they could they could be making more of a living from doing these strategies as opposed to just uploading to Spotify. They don't see a penny. Or another common thing is signing to a record label and then you don't get your royalties. Uh, paid to you which there's not enough uh, legislation in, in place to enforce that it's kind of you know it's the music industry is not in a good way what what, what i feel when i listen to you is that you're you're you know the positive energy around a, a negative problem you know you're trying to solve a quite a complex problem and uh, again spotify originally was you know seen as a hero right it was like it was coming to liberate the industry but they've gone the same way and just as you say um leveraged artists instead of partnered up with them but I see um, someone like yourself, Omar, um, as a, uh, as, you know, I see the Web3 movement quite, decentralization. So there's quite a lot of companies coming through now that are not owned by anybody. They are, they are Web3-based, decentralized systems. And you would be a leader of one of those businesses, I think. You know, you're, you're the way you care about artists, the way you're thinking about the industry in the collaboration sense, it is the artists have the power, don't they? But they just don't realize it. So if they all work together, then, then they would, you know, they'd be able to uh, enforce, frankly, change within an industry that holds the purse strings. Yeah, it's like, um, I don't know if you've seen A Bug's Life, the, the, the Disney movie where all the ants can stand up to the crickets. It's We're giving them the music. You know, there's been talks on Facebook. You see artists share statuses. Oh, we're going to boycott Spotify. We're going to take all our music off. But if we got everyone on board that, you know, just to take the music off for a few weeks, they'd listen because no one would be paying for monthly subscriptions. They'd lose their revenue instantly. It's such an easy, quick fix. We just need to get everyone on the same page because, you know, to get to the level of even being on Spotify is good. You know, you need to be able to make music. You need to have a distribution platform. There's all these things in place. So that was, to me, once seen as, as the holy grail of, of producing. You know, you're on a platform. That's brilliant. And then you get on the platform. Great, I'm going to start making money. And then you quickly realise that that it's it, they don't pay their artists fairly. Um, and, you know, you can get this in, in the DJ world. You know, you go play a set and the promoter will say, oh, what, what money? And they'll try and not pay you if you're not, stern with them or if you don't follow them around the venue for 20 minutes it sounds like you've done that a few times but uh, no i mean this is all such good advice and, and i think this does lead back to like mindset right i think what what you're talking about um how, I, i'm still kind of amazed that you you have this approach because it's industry could batter people into a negative feeling right like probably there's a lot of artists out there that just gave up on the industry might be some people listening now that didn't even you know bother anymore because of all the things you were just talking about but you have battled through and so how did you get that mindset and why is mindset so important yeah so <clears throat> mindset you know it, it stems from my life experiences um you know my dad he he fleed a country called lebanon uh, when he was a kid, which you only hear bad news about. So a lot of war there. Uh, so he's very resilient. You know, he he works nights. He runs a restaurant in Knightsbridge uh, called Marouche. <laughs> Shout out Marouche. And they've got, you know, uh, juice bars. They're a chain of about eight restaurants now. So he's got an incredible kind of resilience about him. And the Lebanese people are known for having this resilience because uh, of constantly getting bombed over the past I don't know, 100 years, uh, you know, presidents getting assassinated, so all sorts of crazy stuff. Uh, so, you know, my dad grew up with, you know, I grew up with my dad, who is a resilient man, to say the least. He'd go to work. He he does night shifts, so he'll do, you know, same as me, 10 p.m. to like 6, 7 in the morning. So kind of inspired me in a way. 
uh, to you know to see that as possible. He didn't always want to drive to London, you know, or or, or whatever, you know, to two, three hour, four hour commute every night and do that. But he did. He never, you know, he never, you never see him miss a shift, and uh, it's inspiring. Um, so I'd say you know resilience is a is a part of my mindset and any part of your mindset you can develop. Um, so you know if you want to be more resilient, just start taking steps day by day. Um, you know, uh, drinking just water, for example, it will build, you know, it's just, it's how you treat yourself. It starts with what, with your habits. Um, I think it takes about 90 days to build a habit. Uh, so whatever you want to do, uh, be it, be a creative, you know, start practicing painting or trying to make a, a song. Um, and you know, they say creativity is like a muscle, you know, the more you use it, the bigger it gets. So I definitely recommend whatever you want to grow, start growing it now and in 10 years time you'll you'll have that mastered you'll have whatever you want mastered you know the the skills i've got today i i wanted 10 years ago you know like music production djing uh being able to network i, I used to be so bad at networking you know i go you know but now i'm at a level where i go into a club I get invited backstage. I can talk to the biggest DJs and feel comfortable because I know they're just normal people at the end of the day. They have normal problems. They have to get flights. You know, they feel lonely. There's there's all sorts of things that, that they go through. And I just say, hey, guys, you know, like, I make music. This, this is it. You know, if you're on a record label, this is what I make. And just talk to people like a normal human being. Don't, don't ever go up to someone with a phone filming them with the flash on saying, hey, hey, let's get a selfie. No, that's it. You, society, they've got it wrong. Whoever's doing that, just don't do it, please, because it doesn't work. You want to create a, a normal connection with someone, a human connection. So, you know, with your mindset, just what's helped me with networking a lot is there's no negative outcome from networking. You can go up to someone. If they laugh at you and throw a drink in your face, okay, that's rude on their behalf. Doesn't say anything about you. Just say, okay, that's fine. I, I've got a business card or this is my website, musicworkflowacademy.com. You've still got your mission accomplished. The least you're going to get is a hit on your website and and you just keep the ball rolling. <laughs> I've never had a drink. I've never had a reaction like that, obviously. Well, I think, um, yeah, it's, again, you know, your 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 mindset is is fantastic and i and i love the the backstory of 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 your family um and when you take into consideration what your father went through brexit doesn't sound so bad does it when you think about it but um but uh you know it um it is it is it is interesting because again you know what you're i think you're teaching people listening and highlighting is that even if someone throws a drink in your face you'll get a hit on your website you know like i love that and look i could talk to you forever Mar. i really appreciate you taking time out of, of of what you're doing to share your knowledge share your story I, I feel really inspired and I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me, Simon. It's been it's been my pleasure. Thanks for listening to Pep Talk. We hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to follow the Purposeful Project on all our social media channels where we're giving away even more free business secrets and entrepreneurial value. Again, we'd like to thank our sponsor GoDaddy for powering this podcast. From naming a business to buying a domain name to building your website for free, GoDaddy has you covered. For 40% off GoDaddy tools, click the link in the podcast note below and use the code GDXPEPTALK. See you next time, entrepreneurs. And remember, you're not alone.